Welcome to the Arise Podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise, and it's my pleasure to have with me today Christy McCluskey, who is our Director of Quality Improvement and our Corporate Compliance Officer. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You have a really big job at Arise, keeping all the wheels on the bus and making sure that we are compliant with really complex regulations and that we're doing the best service ever. That's a big job. It is. Some days it feels bigger than others, but I'm very lucky to be here at Arise where quality and compliance is such an integral part of what we do every day. Um, my coworkers value quality, and um, so that makes my job a lot easier. Absolutely, and we want to make sure that everyone's doing the best possible work because when that happens, the people that we connect with get the best services possible. Exactly. I view quality as, as a support service to all of the departments and in doing so, we're, if we're providing the best quality services, then our, our, the people we work for and with are getting the best services possible. Absolutely. And one thing that's special about Arise as an independent living center is that we are directed and organized by people with disabilities. Many of our staff have disabilities. And we also, if we may identify as having a disability, might have someone in our life that has a disability. And I know that for me, that's true. My daughter, Eliza, has a disability, and it's also true for you. Yes, um, I have an eight-year-old son, Isaiah, who has developmental disabilities. Um, Isaiah came to me when he was eight days old. Uh, I was a foster parent at the time, and I got a call that there's an eight-day-old baby waiting for me. And um, life has been forever changed. He is a blessing in disguise, and he keeps us hopping. Um, he's a very, very energetic, active little guy. And I have two older boys, um, a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old, and uh, he has just made our life so much richer. Absolutely. And um, I've met Zay, and he is a charmer. He is. He's kind of the mayor of every place he goes, is what we say. He, um, he engages with everybody, and, and it's, he's, his personality is just one of the best qualities about him. Absolutely. And I know Eliza has connected with him, and they... They enjoy each other. Yes, yes, yes. At the farm. At the farm. <laughs> yes. At the farm. Yes, arise at the farm. You've got Zay, um, eight days old, as you said, and didn't really know what was ahead of you. No, I had no idea. Um, you know, it's funny how foster care works. They literally, it's like a stork comes to your door. It's often a, a caseworker, and they hand you a baby, and you're just going to navigate as you go. Fortunate for me, I have a background in service delivery and um, OP people with developmental disabilities, the OPWDD system, the Office of Persons with Developmental Disabilities. Right. I know that's a mouthful. Um, I also have done early intervention in the past, so I knew right from the get-go um, he was showing some neurological signs, um, such as rolling his eyes back in his head, um, things like that. So we connected very early with early intervention and had those services in place very early. He was just a couple months old and all the way through he transitioned to a uh, special ed preschool and then to the school system. Wow. That is so amazing because, um, you know, Eliza also has a developmental disability and is a new parent and not having had a child before. I, I didn't know about some of those signs, and I went to a doctor who just told me, let's just wait and see, wait and see, when she didn't hit her milestones. Mm -hmm. And then I finally self-referred her to early intervention for services. Yeah, I think that's often the case for parents and doctors, you know, often can take a very conservative approach to it. They, you know, they, they oftentimes will 
discredit parents by saying you're a first time mom or, you know, just give it some time. All kids development develop at different paces. And that's true in many cases. So not to discount it, but um, I think those of us who have come from the system, I think it's a little backwards. A lot of people who have children with developmental disabilities or, or any type of disability come to the system and work in it because they've learned to know it. Um, for me, I was already in the system. And so Isaiah came to me. Um, and I often say, you know, we were brought together. Um, and I, I do believe that. But I, I knew the signs and, and I was lucky to have great doctors. Um, kids through foster care go through the enhanced clinic. And those doctors are phenomenal. They're, they specialize in kiddos with trauma. Um, and they were very receptive to my concerns. Um, so we, we were very fortunate. Um, he ended up having seizures. Um, and a lot of doctors were discounting it. And he just continued. And I, I had to do a lot of advocating and pushing um, to get where he is today. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that advocacy piece? Because I think it's often difficult for parents. I mean, you've got a background. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult for parents when they're up against a system of experts and they're observing something and something's just not right in their gut. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do we help them advocate? Yeah, you, you have to be confident in that gut. That gut is um, that's telling you something and nobody knows your child like you do. And it may sound cliche, but you need to trust that gut. Um, and if you really you know, share your experiences and your concerns and just continue to push, I, I have found that the system has been very receptive. Um, from our school district to the early intervention providers, um, to doctors. I, I have pushed. He had every specialist appointment known to man. I mean, he had every every type of specialist, and we were constantly on doctor's appointments. But we finally got to the place where we knew all that he was facing, and that made me feel better. I didn't like the unknown. I didn't, I didn't like the, um, yeah, he has gross motor delays, but why? Yes, he has a speech impairment, and is that all that is, or is that tied to cognitive issues? Um, so I really pushed for a lot of that testing, and I was just fortunate that I had people who listened to me. I also think, though, if you can come at it with a, an approach of calm and knowledge um, instead of despair or urgency, um, that I think that helps people be more responsive to you. Um, you know, do your own research. I'm not advocating that, you know, Googling things will get you in a tailspin. We all know that. We've all done it. I'm just as guilty as every other mom I know. But um, it's okay to, to know, you know, the symptoms and know what it could be and just rule things out. Um, that's what we did. And we ended up with a geneticist who thought he had something that was, I don't even remember now, it was so many years ago, but something that was going to be really concerning. Um, and that came back as Kleinfelter syndrome, which is another one of his disabilities. And it's a chromosomal issue. And as I was getting on an elevator with Isaiah after leaving a well visit at Enhance, the doctor came running out to me and said, we got the results back. And we ran back in his office and he said, Kleinfelter syndrome. And I, like every other mother out there, cried, cried, cried my eyes out. And um, he gave me his personal cell number, said you can call me at two o'clock in the morning if you keep, you know, if it's keeping you up at night. And right. so at that point, you educate yourself, you educate yourself. And, and I did. And um he, he was a frail, medically frail little boy for a very long time. He is now far from that. He is a very, he's a tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what he is. Um, he's a bull in a china shop. Um, there's nothing frail about him. He, he, is, he embraces life um, and he keeps me on my toes, but he's going to do just fine in life. Uh, yes. I do know that and I will make sure of that, but on his own accord, he... Um, He's a special little boy. That is, um, 
It's so inspiring what you're talking about, and there's a lot to unpack there because I hear what you're saying about push, mm-hmm. but there's a way to push that's not adversarial and that's cooperative, and it's yeah. both trusting your gut and also recognizing the expertise around you. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you said about um, not being panicked and not being distraught. Mm-hmm. And I think it's help. It's almost impossible mm-hmm. when it's your child and it's the center of your world and you like you said don't know mm-hmm. but approaching things from a place of curiosity sort of helps to quiet that distress a little bit so mm-hmm. that we can get the information we really need yeah i think just talking it through i, I think knowledge is power and you're trying to create a life for your child that it is has some control in it Right. I think we all, me personally, I like to have control. So Isaiah posed a lot of um, concerns that I didn't have control over. And so he's taught me a lot of life lessons, too. You know, you can't control everything. And you do have to have faith that things are going to turn out the way they can, you know, the way they're meant to be. Um, But that said, anything I could control, I did. And the rest, you, you, you know, lead to a higher power. But I think that you do need to listen to the experts and you do need to have some faith in them as well. Um, but if your gut's telling you that there's more, I, I say push because, well, there's no one who's going to advocate for your child like you are. Right. Um, and I, I always felt very charged with that with Isaiah. Um, I'm a single mom and I, I took on a responsibility of this small baby as a single mom of two other boys at the time. And um, I was bound and determined that wasn't going to be a deficit for him. You know, we would get him to the place where we knew what we were up against and we would overcome them. It certainly has not been a deficit for him <laughs> in any, any way that you could measure that and it's um, a valuable, wonderful relationship that the two of you have. It, you know, he, he uh, a lot of people, you know, see a, a parent with a child with a disability and they, I think at times might feel that there's some um, sadness or that, you know, there's um it puts you in such a predicament and you know it puts you with different challenges but not the blessings overcome those all the time and i have to say as a parent of two you know as we would say typical children although that could be a different podcast (laughs) um he it's just different challenges but they're the same you know you have challenges with all children you 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 never know what any kid or any relationship any person how how things are going to roll and you, you don't have the control mm-hmm. so you're right it's it's a different set of questions maybe with our kids with a disability but there's questions no matter what mm-hmm. and yeah the example I use a lot is um, the GPS on our cars when you make the turn that they don't anticipate and they're recalculating recalculating yes. I feel like a lot of my navigation with Eliza has been recalculating yeah well I think it's important for all parents to continually reevaluate the way you parent one parent will not work for your other child right you 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 modify yourself to that child's personality and needs and strengths and so he he required a little bit more of you know recalculating as you say but um i do feel like his his triumphs or his um accomplishments are so they're such highs you know the, the smile on that child's face can just light up a room and he certainly just lights up our life um, and my older boys are true testaments to you know this experience so now you have a, a you know they were um what were they 14 and 16 or 
12 and 14, when we, when Isaiah came to us and what a learning experience for them to have a child, you know, dropped off to you and, and you just learn to love them as your own and they never wa- wavered. They never, you know, it, no one ever questioned if this was too much. It was just everyone fell in love with him and he is such a vital part of our family. He, he in many ways is kind of the glue that keeps us together. Right. Um, He's there's always laughter in my house, and he's usually at the root of it. Well, the laughter Mm -hmm. piece, I actually was going to talk to you about because I love your stories Mm -hmm. about Isaiah, and they always involve that your wonderful laugh and just the joy you get from life with him. He just he he has completed me in so many ways. I, I was much more uptight than I am now when he came to me, and I was probably even more uptight when he was younger, and and we were trying to figure things out. Um, but he has really taught me probably far more than I will ever teach him. Um, and, and I don't say that as the cliche, but he has taught me to sit back, to relax, to enjoy life, to, you know, embrace what you have because you don't, you don't know what your struggles are going to be tomorrow. So he's, he's taught me to be more present in the moment. And that's a real gift and something I needed. So he brought that to me. It's something we all need and um, something actually Eliza and I have been working on as a team. It's, that's a hard skill. It is a hard skill. Um, he has he's made it pretty easy, though. I mean, you know, he's only eight, eight and a half, um, but he just lives life each day, you know, and kids that age do, but he doesn't dwell on anything. He's happy-go-lucky, um, and he, he has behavioral challenges, um, significant, more so at school than at home, um, but at home, he kind of uses humor to get through that. Um, so, you know, I often have to pick him up from school early and he'll say to me, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, mom. Uh, heard that before, son? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. He's a character. So there might be parents listening to this right now. And if they're having a rough day with their child, whether their child is identified as having a disability or not, or they're having a rough time with whatever system they're encountered with do you have a nugget of um, advice for them um I, I would say live in today you know tackle today's problems and don't worry about tomorrow's problems right now they're they're going to be there in the morning um but don't don't you know children are only young once and you're not going to figure everything out right away um and it's a process everything's a process so allow your your child whether they have a disability or not, as well as yourself, that time. Um, it, it'll all work itself out in the end. I've seen that, you know, I, as part of my quality role here at Arise, I do get um, calls from time to time from parents who have concerns. And, um, you know, you wear that hat of, I have a back hat of a parent, I have a front hat of a quality person. Um, and I often just try and say to them, you know, slow down right? What's the priority? Let's break it down. What's our next steps? What can we control? What can't we control? Um, and I do that with, you know, friends. You, those are everyday conversations you have with people who have kids, all kids, right. you know, so we often want things resolved. Well, resolve doesn't issues happen. doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So don't, don't sweat the small stuff is another cliche. I apparently have a lot of them, but um, just trying to just tackle what you can today and let tomorrow be tomorrow. That's tremendously wise. Thank you so much for what you do, Christy. <laughs> oh, with, thank you. With day and day to day here at Arise and just um, living our mission. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise, support independence.